Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believing Guardians. Coming at you this week with an earlier episode, uh, the Guardians host the Boston Red Sox for a three-game series starting today. Uh, with that being said, I decided to invite a couple of friends from the Pesky Report. It's a, uh, another baseball podcast that covers the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Tim, Ed, and Hogdale joined me for this episode. Uh, now, this was filmed after a loss, so there's a lot of Red Sox depression going around. Uh, the team is 30-30 and 30 through 60 games. Um, Cleveland's under 500, but... They're in second place. Um, the Red Sox are in a tough AL East division. They're in last place right now. Uh, Cleveland's coming off of a two-game win streak in Minnesota, taking two or four from them. Um, I asked the Pesky Report crew uh, about a couple Red Sox headlines so far into the season. Uh, we get into an update on Corey Kluber, a former Cleveland friend uh, that we've seen previously. Uh, I asked the guys whether or not they believe the team will be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. It's not that far away. We even get into whether or not the Red, they believe the Red Sox would trade for Shane Bieber and whether or not they will want them to trade for Shane Bieber. Uh, we get into a little bit of a uh, season outlook. Like I said, they're 500 so far through 30 games. There was uh, a lot of laughs and making fun of people through this episode. Uh, it's not a lot of faith coming out of those guys so far. They even believe that the Red Sox will drop two out of three during the season. So not a lot of faith going on right now. But uh, not to keep you waiting, let's get to it. All right, I'm here joined by Hogdale, Ed, and Tim, courtesy of Pesky Report. Thank you guys for coming on. Talk about your lowly Boston Red Sox. How's it going? It, it, it's going good. Aside from the crippling depression and pain of uh, just watching really unbelievably bad baseball uh, for the last couple days, you know. It could be worse. You could be a Cleveland fan. There's no way you guys play worse baseball than us, though. There's just no way. <laughs> our record, our, our record would say otherwise. Uh, Red Sox are somehow, you know, the way people are talking right now, you think that the Red Sox had one like we're like playing like the A's right now when they're actually just like 30 and 30. <laughs> Any, yeah. Anytime there's like any like ne- any sense of negativity, like Sox fans are like, okay, it's it's my time to shine. Like, let's amplify. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the fan base is allergic to positivity. Yeah, you know, they, they, they do love shitting on the team. That's the, the favorite pastime. Yeah, Can so I talk a little you- bit. Can I ask you a question uh, really quickly before we start? Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Time. This is my first time actually like talking to you, and like, what's your what's your background? Like, are you from Cleveland? Are you from Ohio? Like, how did how, what's the origin and story of this podcast? And you're born and born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Been a Cleveland sports fan my whole life. I'm not really sure yet if that's a good thing or a negative. Um, got one championship out of 30 years of life, so I mean, take that with you will. But um, I mean, it's been okay. It's, it's be- definitely been better, better days. You know what I mean? So, bro, just cured my depression five minutes into this. <laughs> Let's go. I'm, I'm 22 Listen. and I've seen 12 championships. That's <laughs> that, that's that's what I mean. If be a Cleveland a fan, you get you get one in almost 60 years since the last one. I'd make LeBron my deity too. That's fair. Correct. <laughs> right. it, it takes arguably the best player of all time to get you a championship. How's that? But I mean, we do have your old manager, so I mean, and yet we still can't get the miss, job done. I miss Tito though. That, what a what Tito. a cool what a what a good manager with his little his little scooter. 
Yeah, yeah. Roger on Cleveland with a scooter. Play? Does he still play cribbage? Is that like? Oh, I don't know. I remember his scooter got stolen one time before, and police had to recover it. Yeah, I think it was last year. You'd think that he's like got such a Mr. Rogers presence to him at this point. You would think that like they just give it back to him. Like, oh, sorry, we didn't realize it was yours, Tito. I'll tell you what, though, Cleveland fans earlier, just a couple weeks ago, were calling for him to be fired. So, God, really? Well, yeah. I don't want to say please because I like Alex Cora, like genuinely, but yeah, you miss Tito. Yeah, I mean, I want him here as long as possible. But I mean, when you get frustrated with being a division champion and like I said, we're under 500. You're at least 500. We're under 500. And all of a sudden people are calling for him to be fired. I mean, that's how unsatisfied Cleveland sports fans are. It's understandable. You can only watch like bad baseball for so long before you're just like, like, God damn it. I want something to happen. Just anything. But the but the problem is Cleveland fans are impatient and the expectations are they win one game and all of all of a sudden it's Super Bowl. Don't don't even <laughs> get me started on the Browns. So that's kind of the problem we have right now. How does that work with like one championship in 30 years, but also like we're impatient? You'd think that at some point they'd be just like, you know what, this is our this is what it is. I, I wish I could tell you right now we're kind of like the Walmart brand of the Dallas Cowboys fans because they think <laughs> they can win it every year. And here we are thinking that somehow we can get better and yet the problems are right in front of you. But if the problems don't fix themselves within, I don't know, two and a half minutes, then all of a sudden everybody needs to be fired and we need to rebuild from the ground up. So, yeah, remember when I said it could be worse? You could be a Cleveland sports fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to th- – I mean, I guess uh, A's would be worse too, but, yeah. That's, that's true. They're about – well, not even because they're about to get their team taken away. But guess who got their team taken away 20, 30 years ago? Yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> so we've been there already. We already did that. Then they gave it yeah. back because they wanted to torture us more. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, how's um? We can get to that Red Sox depression that you guys are talking about. How's uh, how, how's the team playing? How how's it have you feeling currently? So, and Hogdale and I were just done talking about this on Pesky Report. Um, so I'm just going to repeat what I was saying there. It's not so much that they've been losing. I can deal with a team losing. It's that even when they win, they're playing a shitty brand of baseball. And when they lose, they're playing an extra shitty brand of baseball. Like we had an inside, like an inside the park, little league home run because the second baseman did back up a throw. Like, like that's like stuff that becomes fundamental when you're in fourth grade. I don't know how a professional second baseman, not like a DH that's playing second base. Like he's been playing (laughs) an actual second baseman. A second baseman named Emmanuel Valdez, who is a rookie who is built like a barrel and can hit, but he did not know that you were supposed to be behind the shortstop on throws and that if you're not there and the throw's off a little bit, it could end up in center field and the guy can score from first base. Um, and that is what happened, and it made national news. And that sucks when you make national news for that sort of thing. It actually gave uh, Ed a brain aneurysm when that happened on scene. I was there. It was crazy. <laughs> I, I had to bring him back. Like he was on the er- the uh, the verge. And like I don't get that like mad or frustrated about baseball. I my my focus tends to be the minor leagues anyway, so I'm not that like fixated on the big league team. I would say like maybe eighty percent of the time, but uh, it pissed me off so much seeing that play. I can't I can't tell you why. It's Turned as frustrated as, as I have been <laughs> in, in in a very long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, so what are the other couple of headlines about the Red Sox this year? They didn't make the playoffs last year, and actually I picked them to make the playoffs this year, but right now they're in last place. So so tell me a little bit more about what the Red Sox are doing this year for people who don't know. Playing a very unfundamental baseball, like I just said. But, like, the thing is, Alex Cora is their manager. He was always good with the glove. He stayed on baseball teams because of the glove. So I think it's something they can work out especially with putting Kike back in center field like we saw today. That's a big positive. Um, Pablo Reyes had a very unfortunate error today, which was kind of new for him because since they acquired him, he's been pretty good at shortstop when he started there. So, I mean, it's frustrating. We're 60 games in. They're 500. No one likes it. Negativity is going around, but it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. They just got to start playing fundamental baseball again. Work pitchers deep, play good defense, make the routine plays, and things will turn around. Yeah, I'd like to just add the context of um, Kike Hernandez is leading the league in errors right now. Um, there's been a whole situation with shortstop where coming into the season, they lost Xander Bogarts, and then it was like, okay, who's the shortstop going to be? And it was going to be Kike Hernandez, um, and, and Kike did a pretty – well, it's going to be Trevor's story, actually, and that he needed Tommy John surgery, so that, that was immediately out the window. And then it was Kike Hernandez, and Kike had some issues and wasn't hitting, so they swapped him out with uh, former former Cleveland uh, beloved icon, I assume, Yu Chang, was actually the starting shortstop for a bit. Um, he, I've got to tell you, I didn't realize this until this year. He's a really good defensive player. Like he, oh yeah, he's really good. He has good yeah. uh, versatility too. He's, uh, I think he's a middle infielder by trade, but he can play some third. He can play some first as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, thing, the thing that I was saying about Chag was that like he makes all of the plays that he is supposed to, and he makes some of the ones he isn't supposed to. And when you're not getting anything at shortstop, and suddenly you have a guy who does that, who also will just randomly hit like a 200 mile an hour home run, like like for somebody, like I think he just swings as hard as he can every time he comes up, and every now and then he gets behind one, and it is it is fun to watch. Um, but his glove, I mean, his glove is really good. Uh, but then he got hurt. Uh, so then Christian Arroyo was the shortstop for a little bit. Then he got hurt. Another um, Cleveland player. Yeah. So now we've got, it was Kike Hernandez for again, but, um, after just, the thing is, it isn't even that he makes errors, like getting the balls, he gets the balls fine. He just, I think like 13 of his 14 errors were just him, like throwing the ball over the first baseman's head or throwing it into the ground or throwing it to a base that wasn't being covered and that nobody was running towards just st- stuff like that. Um, so now he's off shortstop again. It's, I think a Royal just came off the IL. It's him and, uh, former Pittsburgh pirate grade, uh, Pablo Reyes, uh, who, yes. by the way, surprisingly good, uh, since they picked him up off of, for cash from the, uh, Oakland scrap heap. So that's, that's the context to what t- Tim was saying about, uh, Kike there at shortstop. 100%. Yeah, so uh, you talk about former Cleveland players. What's the uh, update on Corey Kluber? Uh, last ah. time I checked, <laughs> last time I checked, he's been moved to the bullpen, and I mean, it's not 2017 anymore. But what have you he's seen out of age. him, and what 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 impressions of him do you have? What do you got? Is he past his prime? I mean, <laughs> is he past? <laughs> I mean, he's pretty just like actively trolling. It seems like every time like he's out there, whether in the uh, starting rotation where he was terrible. Or whether in the bullpen, where he he's been you know just as bad. Uh, this man, like you know, 
pitch law for the Tampa Bay Rays, but he refuses to do it for us. And like for this reason, uh, he may be a terrorist, uh, just, just <laughs> wow. a domestic terrorist, and he needs to be stopped. Uh, Hogdale, you're completely wrong, bro. He just has dementia and forgot what he was doing. I, I just think he's not very, very good anymore. Hog, Hogdale got so pissed about Corey Kluber, he left. He left. <laughs> he's ascended to a higher place of existence. He's back now, though. I am back. <sighs> oh, you want to you want to continue that Kluber rant you were just going I mean, on about like, domestic terrorism? Yeah, he just is. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like maybe uh, Tim's point has merit. Maybe he just has dementia. He just forgot how how to throw good. But. Uh, I mean, in terms of like all, all the high and bloom acquisitions in the offseason, Kluber has been by far the worst, and it rubs extra salt in the wound because Nate Eovaldi has been one of the best pitchers in the league. <laughs> I mean, Michael Locke has been pretty good too. I, I, I give him a mulligan, fucking whatever. We <laughs> could start a serious discourse about Corey Kluber being high bloom's worst IQ, uh, acquirement ever. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Is that what the word would be there? Is it, would it be acquisition? acquisition? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Sorry, wow, stone me is like, is it grammar Nazi? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Dude, that your cool. basement is doing things to me. Like, like sexy things? No. Uh, all right. <laughs> no. Well, listen, if you want to talk about sexy things, we, we can talk about Xander Bogarts and how he's doing in San Diego. Uh, how's life without him on the team for the first time in years? Do you kind of regret letting him walk? No, he's been trolling in San Diego as of late, and also their locker room chemistry has gone to shit, which, yeah, uh, you know, not a lot of people know this because like, not people aren't psychos like us, like paying super detailed attention to the Red Sox. Uh, the, the Red Sox also, their locker room chemistry last year went to shit, so there may be a bit of a common denominator there of uh, Xander Bogarts maybe not being a great contributing factor to a healthy locker room. Uh, and yeah, his wrists appear to have turned to dust, and his power is gone. And he doesn't have Fenway to rely on to give him a bunch of extra doubles because Fenway is the highest doubles factor in the league. So, I mean, honestly, in terms of like where this team would be with or without Xander Bogarts, like it's a good thing they let him go. Like they signed him to an 11 year deal in San Diego. Mm -hmm. That is insane. That is criminally Mm -hmm. insane. Dude, now, would you feel that same way, though, if Boston had kept him in and you've signed that 11-year deal? Because then he oh. does have Fenway Park to kind of rely on for those extra hits like you're talking about. Even if the team performance might not be the same, maybe he's the same. But do you, you know, that 11-year I, deal, is kind of, that kind of the factor? I'd be thrilled if they had kept him. Like, I'm not going to suddenly be like, I hate Xander Bogarts, fuck that guy. Like, he was really good here. And I, I think, honestly, um, even with the contract he got while he was in Boston, he was always underrated. Um, but his wrist injury isn't going to get any better as he gets older, like unless he gets like surgery. And even then, I mean, he's going to miss some time for that. Every it's, I don't miss it as much as I thought I would. Um, I mean, if the Sox would have signed him to an 11 year deal, I would start to question everything the front office is doing ever. Oh, but I'd be happy. Mind wouldn't you, wouldn't you like want that though? Wouldn't you want to like be able to root for the guy that like, came up here when he was like 19 until he's like 42. Like what was the last player? It was like Carly Stremsky. I mean, that it's here that long when they're good for 90% of the contract, then yes, I'd be very happy to root for that. But like, like what we want, like a Miguel Cabrera situation on the tigers. Like, no, it's just sad and like terrible. <laughs> I kind of still like watching Miguel Cabrera, but I'm also not a tigers fan. So like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now we can get into uh Masataka Yoshida. The uh, 
headlining international free agent of the offseason, Boston Red Sox were able to get their hands on him. Uh, what's your impressions of him so far, and how is he doing and fitting in uh, post Bogarts Red Sox? He has done miracles on me. He is the only bright spot of this team right now, and I absolutely love him. I mean, I, I knew – well, I didn't really know what to expect because there's always that jump over from um, the Japanese League to the MLB. And you don't really know what to expect at first. And at first, he was getting a lot of shit because he was hitting the ball into the ground. You know, he was trying to adjust. And then finally, about two weeks in, it clicked. And after that um, Brewers game where he hit two home runs in one inning, he just hasn't looked back. And he's looked really good. Um, I would disagree with Tim's assessment that he's the only bright spot on the Red Sox. But I would say that he's been the brightest of the bright spots. He's just... Every bit, I think a better pure hitter than advertised. I thought I didn't think he was going to have as much power as he's had. Um, I'd have to, I don't have his numbers up right now, but he has like seven home runs and I think 10 doubles or something like that. About the same amount of strikeouts to walks, which is kind of cool. It's great having a guy that has a decent eye but also doesn't strike out. Um, runs like a steampunk robot. It's kind of hard to explain what that means, but like there's a lot of, he's chugging along, you know, when he runs, yeah. he's kind of little, takes a lot of small steps, always has his pants pulled up really high. It's fun to watch. He seems like a good dude. Defense is not great, but like Manny Ramirez, another great ex Cleveland guy, his defense on left wasn't great either, but he did the job fine. I mean, yeah, I'm in, I've loved Yoshida this year. He's in a great locker room presence. Everyone there seems to like him. Uh, he just goes out there and hits. I mean, uh, just so many positive things to say about him. And, uh, I mean, yeah, compared to like the DHing the Red Sox were getting last year, it's like night and day. I mean, I'm happy that JD Martinez turned it around in LA, but he was, uh, he, he was not that last year <laughs> for the Red Sox. He had no power. His power had completely vanished. So it's just, it's just nice to see, like, Yoshida just completely rake, uh, prove all the uh, cowardly anonymous scouts who wouldn't put their name behind their statement wrong. Like, yeah, you all look like dipshits. Like, overpay my ass. Weep. <laughs> yeah, really quickly on Yoshida, he's hitting 312. I believe this is after today. He's hitting 312. He has 14 doubles, yeah. seven home run, 33 RBI. His walk to strikeout ratio was one to one. He has 23 walks, 23 strikeouts. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't follow the team, but definitely seems like the brightest spot uh, for that team right now. Other than, you know, I'll ask you about this. How about Brian Bayo? How's he doing? I know he's, I think he started today. He did. Um, another name I've been hearing a lot, like I said, not a Red Sox fan, but even outside of Boston, been hearing a lot about. Uh, how, how's that going? He can pitch. Best homegrown talent for starters since I would say Clay Buckholz or John Lester here, which is more an attest, a testament to how bad the team's been at developing pitchers. But he's he seems like he's the real deal. Yeah, his, his stuff's the real deal. Uh, I be, I believe like by the time he's done developing, he'll be a you know blue blood, blood top of the rotation starter. Like I think he has that kind of quality to him. Uh, and I've just everything I've seen from him so far this year has just been encouraging. He's gotten really unlucky at points, but yet he he just keeps battling. Uh, like really, just no complaints from Brian Bayo this year. I mean, I've just uh, so much hope for his future with this team. I'm just going to keep it short and simple and say, I love him because I could talk about him for hours. The boys know how much I love him. He's probably my favorite pitcher on the Red Sox. Probably my favorite pitcher since Pedro. Honestly, I don't know what it is about him, but I love the guy. 
I mean, you don't have to be short and sweet about it. You can, you know, tell me more about him. Tell me more about that love fest you have with Bayo going on right now. I just think he has, like, some absolute nasty stuff. And just, I feel like he really is going to be an ace of the future of this team. And I see a really high ceiling for him. He gets very unlucky with Babbitt luck. And, like, there's just some insane hits that go against him. And I'm like, this can't happen forever. Like, he'll miss more bats as he develops more and more. Yeah, he's got a good fastball. He'll hit 97, 98 on that, but it's also heavy. So when you, you, with the Babbitt, like, yeah, you can put it in play, and sometimes that goes to defenders, sometimes it doesn't. Maybe if the Red Sox defense improves a little bit more, that becomes an out. But he can he strikes guys out, too. He's got a good slider, good changeup. Um, threw a no-hit, threw a triple, uh, double-A no-hitter last year, which was pretty, that's always cool to see. Uh, yeah, just a, just a, just a good, good pitcher i mean i know you guys are used to that with cleveland and everything like pitching machine there but for us in boston a starting pitcher that might be able to like actually put in front of the rotation we don't, we don't get that very often yeah yeah uh, i want to ask you really quickly about chris sale um oh, fuck every time every time i look up it seems like he's hurt and he's five and two this year but his era is over four and a half yeah, you don't um, i don't know if he's healthy right now yeah, so what about Chris Sale? Because it seems like since that trade with the White Sox, you haven't gotten as much productivity out of him that I think everyone would have expected, especially for the Red Sox, who are a team that contends every year. Well, I think the first two years they got exactly what they thought they were going to get out of him, and then they gave him that extension. And that's that's been kind of contentious here. Some would say it cost Dave Dombrowski his job because they threw a lot of money at Sale, who, um, you know, pitcher approaching 30 uh, with a wind up and build that and it just to deliver just like a violent delivery like everything it's, it's unsustainable yeah no it's like if you were to draw me a picture of what an injury red flag looks like it would be Chris Sale um, so he threw a lot of money at that that they could they didn't have the money for I mean yeah okay they have the money obviously they have the money but they didn't want to go that high over the luxury tax on Mookie Betts and they end up trading him uh, for couple of guys who are actually doing okay this year and then also Jeter Downs, but um, Verdugo and Wong seem to have, who were the uh, the rest of the return. Alex Verdugo um, has the highest B-war on the Red Sox right now. He's really improved his defensive game. He's hitting. Um, and I Connor think Alex Verdugo has the second highest F4 among outfielders in the American League. Yeah, he's playing very well. He's been very right field this year. Um, and then Connor Wong has turned into a starting caliber catcher, if not just for his defense. He also occasionally, he's like a little guy. He will hit the ball really fucking hard sometimes. Like, just like, just like he's, one of those, those home runs where like he just casually puts it onto the street behind Fed, like not like even into the mobs, just, just like over everything. Um, 100%. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, oh, sorry. Chris Sale's oh, been so sad because. Yeah. Yeah. His ERA is still like four two five because he was really bad to start the year. The last five starts, he he became himself again. Like he was back to like prime Chris Sale. Like I'm not even exaggerating. It's like so much hope going forward the rest of the season because it looked like he'd actually turned the clock back, finally gotten fully healthy, and then this next fucking injury. And it's like, man, this dude can't catch a break. It's yeah, so unless like- it's a bone. <laughs> Yo, that thing strays, man. Come on. That's funny. Sorry, I, I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fucking funny. He's not on my team. True. 
But yeah, speaking of my team, uh, I wanted to ask you if you had any impressions of the Cleveland Guardians so far. I know we talked about it before we started recording, and we're 27 and 32 right now, even though we're in second place. I mean, yay, I guess. But uh, if you know whatever thoughts you had about Cleveland and what you see out of them so far, man, like this, it's just like such a disappointment compared, to like especially with last season, like in yeah, what is a just a really like weak division. Like I, it's just funny because like I always like a. Uh, joke about this like uh talking in other baseball chats like in the al east i'm like uh from the mass majority of the season the team in last place in the al east would have been first place in the al central which is like mm-hmm. holy shit like the, the royals are actively trolling as they've been for what the last like since they won a world series uh the tigers uh javier Baez is very funny i mean in terms of actual baseballing ability uh nothing really there to, to look to look at the twins have been like surprisingly decent i mean their their pitching acquisitions really have worked out and i mean i, I mean what is there to say i just like I, the guardians should just be better like it just it, it to me it doesn't compute with how weak the division is and like the the higher end talent on the team i feel like they should be better amari i have a question for you yeah no i i haven't really watched much guardians games but what is going on with shane bieber because like i've seen his advanced metrics and they're not looking too great this year like you think he gets traded at the deadline with everything that's going on? Yeah, that's kind of like the, the question at hand right now. People don't know. People think that they will. Uh, there was a report from Jeff Passan a while ago, not even a while ago, like last week, that a lot of GMs around baseball say that he'll be traded, you know, this deadline this year. Um, but at this point, we don't even really know. Every day it seems like he will, he won't. Um, he's pitching well, I think. Uh, but like you are saying, the advanced stats don't show a good picture. Um, his fastball velocity and whiff rate is like the sixth percentile right now. His strikeout rate is is down from even where it was maybe two years ago. Um, obviously, we all know his fastball velocity has been down. Um, he's using his cutter more, curveball, all that good stuff, but uh, he's just not missing bats. And when he doesn't miss those bats, he gets hit pretty hard. Um, so that's kind of the problem right now, even though his ERA as well. I know ERA is pretty standard, but his ERA shows he's a pretty decent pitcher. Um but yeah, other than that, it's, I mean, you take what you can from him right now. What's the deal with Miles Straw? Why is he the starting center fielder? <laughs> wow. <laughs> from left field. That's crazy. Uh, his defense is very good. He's a reigning Gold Glove Award winner at center field. And not that this should be the overall end all, but we did give him a contract extension after he got here, and that was only a year and a half ago. Um, so you love to see job security out, in action. Love there you go. But I mean, overall, it's for his defense right now. It's kind of like being a catcher. Our catcher situation has been terrible since like 2015. Um, but we have have always had pretty decent defensive catchers, and you just take whatever they can give you or not from offense, and that's kind of what you're getting from Mal Shaw right now. But his first year after getting traded here from Houston. Uh, I think he was hitting like 280 after the trade, even though his overall average was like 250 or something like that. But it just went downhill after that. I mean, it was under 200 last year. He got dropped down to the ninth spot. And even this year, he hasn't hit a home run since 2021. He hit two in spring training and has yet to hit one this year. Uh, So somebody who, when he gets on base, even though it may not be a lot, when he gets on base, he can create damage and steal bases, create runs, things like that. Um, but he just doesn't do it enough, and he clearly doesn't hit his way on either because he's only hitting like 220. He's on his like Jackie Bradley Jr. grind right now. 
Listen, even JBJ would hit some home runs every once in a while. Miles Straw is <laughs> he's probably popping up things in batting practice. I don't know, but I mean, it's not good to look at right now. But to answer your question, fast. it's it's defense because he's he's fast and covers a lot of ground. <coughs> but I mean, if you guys want him, I mean, <laughs> we're good outfield wise. It's our infield but, that's been underperforming. By all means, you could take him off our hands. But somebody I do want to ask you about if you want to take him. We talked about it earlier. Uh, Zach Plesak, he just got DFA'd, I think, yesterday to make room. No, a couple of days ago to make room for Tristan McKenzie. Um, is that somebody who you would have your eyes on? His upside is pretty good, I think. He's just kind of been low confidence for the past year and a half. He's I mean, such a Tampa Bay Raid that it disgusts me. Like, <laughs> dude with a high ceiling just hasn't figured it out yet. The Red Sox pitching lab has been an embarrassment to this point this year. He's Bray Bale alone. He's Bray Bale's great. Yeah, it's just like just him. His talent is just so overwhelming that it's overcoming the Red Sox mid as fuck pitching lab. Like Zach Plesak <laughs> is going to be such a fucking Ray and he's going to be amazing and it's going to piss me off. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, you talk about Cleveland's pitching machine. What does it say if we couldn't even fix him? And that's, that's not fair. even that's trying true. to be negative against him because I thought he was pretty decent. Like I said, his upside is very good. Uh, he has one of the best pickoff moves from a right-hander. Uh, he feels his position, his fielding, in independent pitching is uh, I think like 4.2 or something like, like that right now. But he just gets in his own head, doesn't use his changeup as much as he should, which is pretty good. And, uh, yeah, he gets hard and just doesn't do his job, I guess. Maybe Guardians fans are just too intense for him. That's why uh, Tampa will be good because their stadium's located in pretty much Pripyat, so it's not like anyone's going to be able to make it out to those games. <laughs> so, like, all the pressure would be off him. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, so that's a, a resounding no is what I'm getting from Police Act. <laughs> Yes, keep him far, far away. <laughs> Got it. Unless he goes to Tampa Bay, like you said. Yeah, then he's going to be like fucking like 2.2 ERA and like just ruining our go. lives. He's going to be the next McClanahan just from the right side. Hogdale, this is kind of off topic, but what are you going to do when Alec Manoa ends up in Tampa Bay? Oh, Lord. L- listen, fucking, he's literally IRL Grimace. I don't even think the Rays could fix that. Like that, he's a Titanic tub of fun. I could tell you that he loves stuffing on cheeseburgers. Even <laughs> Titanic more than I tub of fun. I like that. <laughs> that's good. That's also that's that's what the that's what the ladies say about Hogdale. There yeah, you go. Whatever works. I'm not here to judge. I'm just glad I can. Add, uh, Tim brought it up so I can just continue on my Alec Manoa cyberbullying campaign. I mean, it's really like been the best part of my last few weeks with how the Sox have been playing. <laughs> All right, let's get into this uh, Boston Red Sox Cleveland Guardians preview. Three game series coming up. The Red Sox are 30 and 30, last place in the AL East, 11 games back. Might be more now because you lost today. Um, Probably. Like I said, Cleveland 27 and 32. They're second place. They're three and a half back with Minnesota, who we just split a four game series with over the weekend. Game one tomorrow, James Paxton versus Shane Bieber, who we just talked about. What do you see out of that game? James Paxton's actually been pretty good for the Sox, like now that he's actually been pitching. So with how like Bieber's been like just kind of like middling based on like his really high standard, I do like the Sox chances in in that game. Uh but also the Sox have been playing like like really bad lately. So like they they need to overcome that hump of like them playing really bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Paxton's looked really good. He's um hitting 98 on his fastball. He's generally getting them through five good innings. Um he's been solid. Um I don't know how 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 do the Guardians generally do against lefties? Not well. 
at all. Okay, we make so that, that works in their favor. Yeah, we make left-handers look like the left-handed version of um, – yeah, I can't think of his name now. Bob Feller. <laughs> well, that's Let's pretty go. good. So like Sandy yeah. Koufax or something like yeah, that. There okay, you go. Yeah. Prime okay, we got Clayton Kershaw. Canadian Koufax then in, uh, in Paxton. Yeah, I'm, you know what? You've made me feel better about the Red Sox. I'm going to say maybe they take that one. <laughs> Do they? Okay. Because I'm going to need a repeat of Beaver's last start. I don't know if you remember that. That was probably his last really good game. I'll pull up the stats now. Obviously, you yes, lost I that game, so I'm going to need a repeat of that. But, yeah, he went seven innings, five hits, two run runs, uh, two walks, four strikeouts. Got the win. <laughs> so if I can get that again, it will be great. Then we'll really be talking about trading Beaver because, oh, his value just went up again because he got a win. So it's kind of like a, a, a seesaw right now. You're just gonna all you guys gotta do is just go find a team that's really delusional and be like, yeah, dude, he's just as good as uh, in his peak. <laughs> but that's the thing; I don't even think you need to really convince people because he is a good pitcher. Is he is is he's he what good. he was three years ago? No, I mean that was an anomaly, and I don't think it was a fluke necessarily, but an anomaly for sure. Um, he's still a good pitcher, though. Would so, you uh, trade for Bieber? I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, I mean, uh, the Sox definitely do need starting pitching, like, help with at least one more arm that's, like, of quality. I guess it more depends on what the package is that the Guardians are looking for, because if they're looking for anything close to what, like, Luis Castillo got, which is what I've kind of heard they might be looking for, then I don't want to do that. But maybe if it's, like, two, like, five to 15 guys and then the lower guy, I'd do it. But I'm not giving up anything super great for Bieber. I mean, the Sox system is better than in years past, but it still needs a bit more depth, so we can't go around selling a bunch of the farm quite yet. But, you know, well, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to a, a Shane Bieber trade. Like he, like you say, he's still a good pitcher. Yeah. Um, games two and three, as of right now, it doesn't seem like you have someone scheduled to start. So who who do you think starts in, in that place for game two and game three? Isn't game two? I know it's not on there. Hunter but Crawford. Yeah, Hunter's Hunter definitely Crawford. one of them. And then Matt Dermody is what we're thinking for game three. You think they get the win then? I think they win the first game and lose the second too. Mm. I like I'm glad that. you're really overly positive right now, Tim. Uh, yeah, I see that. Super <laughs> positive because game two, you're going to get a rookie, and that's Tanner Bybee. I'm not sure how much uh, information you have on him right now. He's on my fantasy Because he's a rookie. Not a lot. Oh, we recorded, we, were, we thought his name was Bibby. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think that say. when they first see it. Bibby. It's fun to say. Yeah, him and Logan Allen right now are kind of keeping the rotation afloat. Two rookies. They were talking about Gavin Williams earlier, but like I said, I don't know if he comes up this year just yet because that'd be three rookies in rotation, and I think that's a lot personally. But that's just me. Yeah, not wrong. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, you're thirty and thirty right now through sixty games. You got one hundred and two games left. Uh, first, I want to ask you, what does this team look like at the trade deadline, and are you buying or selling? <sighs> that's tough. That is because I really June that this month of June it matters so much in terms of like that dialogue. Because right now, would I buy? Uh, not necessarily, just because of how good the higher end of the American League is, and like how, like, do you really think you're going to be able to compete at that highest level? Especially when this year, like the, the Sox didn't go over luxury tax. Like at least internally, it seems like they're viewing it as a bit more of a bridge year. It's like hopefully some things go right, we make the playoffs. But I mean. Like, I don't know. Depend depends how June goes. Personally, I think they're going to stay. Wow. What a point, Tim. Shout out to- 
<laughs> what a cliffhanger. I, I think I think they're gonna stand back at the deadline. I don't really see them. Tim, look more. out! <laughs> you hear me? Your mic kept cutting out. I'm sorry. It was funny. No, that's okay. Uh it's Ed's basement. I can't help it. But I think they're gonna just uh stand with what they have at the deadline, honestly. I think they'll finish the year right now with the way things have been going somewhere around 500. So I don't really see them doing too much. A, because why go over the luxury tax when you didn't in the offseason? And B, you're not going to be able to get a lot of <laughs> good pieces back for the guys that you could trade off. Like, sure, you'll have James Paxton available at the deadline if you're going to sell. But realistically, what are you going to get back for a guy who has been injury plagued for the past like three years? What about you, Ed? <laughs> what was the question? Fucking, he's still reeling from today's loss. Yeah, yeah buying or yeah. selling at the deadline. Uh, oh, Edward. for the Red Sox, I I, yeah. I hate selling. I hate it. No, no selling. <laughs> yeah, I really think they'll probably just end up standing pat. I mean, if they buy, it'll be a very small buy, like they did last year, like getting like Reese McGuire. But like, it's the thing is like I have hope for the Red Sox going forward at like being a, like over 500 just by getting Trevor Story and Adam Duvall back because the lineup is so unbelievably lefty heavy and getting those two back who are some righties with pop, especially like and Story also adds amazingly on the defensive end when he starts playing shortstop because dude's a Gold Glove caliber shortstop. So I think they could optimistic view than than Tim, but like uh, they. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what about the end of the year? I, I picked you guys to make the postseason out of all teams that didn't make the postseason last year. I did pick the Red Sox to make the postseason this year. Like we said, you're in last place right now in a very tough AL East division. What do you see out of the Red Sox come October? Man, it's just it's so tough that the American League is so stacked. Like there's so many good teams. I, I think it's probably going to take at least 90 wins to make the, the last wild card. So like, can the Sox do that? Maybe. Like, I think they can maybe do that, but like, am I super confident? Like, no. And 60 and 42 down, down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they have the talent to do it. It's just a matter of will they. And uh, also like, will the hell hold up because like the lot more dudes been getting injured lately. And it's, uh, it's just been a bit concerning. Like, uh, like one or two more like key injuries in this team's really kind of sunk. Yeah, I'm, it's really, you know, this isn't the best day to ask that just because they got their, <laughs> they've been getting spanked uh, of late, so I'm pretty down on them. But, you know, my, they've been streaky. I could see them having another chaotic win streak in there too at some point, especially with Adam Duvall coming back, especially with if Trevor Story comes back and is anything close to what he was with the Rockies. Um, I, I still say 86 wins. That was where I thought at the beginning of the year. That's where I'm at now. I think they'll compete to the end. They might not make it. Uh, coming into the year, I was at 93 wins. As of today, I'm at 83 wins. So uh, we'll see. Barely over 500. Like, That's the spirit. Pre- yeah, preseason. Like I, I had this team winning 90 games. I had a lot of uh, hope with what they were doing. I mean, a lot of uh, upside has been coming through, but then a lot of also like unexpected downsides have been coming through. Like because like Alex Verdugo for them this year has been phenomenal. He's blossomed into the player that we all potentially can we have him? No, no, you can't take him from us. All right, because we we need a power. I mean, we need a power bat regardless. Jesus Christ, but we definitely need a power bat. No, 
Best I we went through this. We went over this already. Best I can do is Bobby D. That's all I got. It, it's like okay. the Rick Harrison meme. Yeah, best I can do is Bobby Dahlbeck. <laughs> okay, that's fine. We'll look for somebody else. All right. Uh, so you got you got the Red Sox losing two out of three in Cleveland coming up. Um, I like that type of op- optimism as a Guardians <laughs> fan. Um, hope you keep that going through the rest of the season and the next time we face you guys. Uh, yeah, did you have anything else you wanted to add uh, other than your team losing? I have one more question for you. Go right ahead. What's your opinion on Yandy Diaz? Um, it didn't it didn't hurt until this season. So while hindsight is twenty twenty, you can look back and say maybe we shouldn't have done that. Um, was it a little bit early? Maybe so. Um, but he didn't really come into his power until this year. So I think it'd be hard to say um, that you regret making that trade. You would love to have it now, but that I feel like that would be the only reason why you regret it. The only reason I ask is because the Rays did something similar to us with Jeffrey Springs. I mean, thank God he's not on the team because I don't really like him as a person and his beliefs, but they fleeced us there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I can't even say that the Rays fleeced us just because even after the past couple of years that they had him, he's been okay. Like they definitely have better players than him. And even now with the power, they still have better players than him. Um, It's just the power aspect. I think, and you would love to have that power this year and maybe even last year, but you made it to the ALCS against the Yankees without him. So I, I think you'd be hard pressed to say, Oh, we wish we had Yanni Diaz until, like I said, right now, because if he was on our team, he'd be our home run leader probably by whatever he has right now. I think it's 14, take that in half. And I think that's probably the separation that the team would have in power. Really feel for Jose Ramirez, man. Dude's on an island right now. <laughs> yeah, and even he's not playing his best. I mean, yeah, I'm that's looking not at stats right now. Guy, what, are you doing? what are you doing, Jose? Come on, brother. He's like in the team. He's not even leading <laughs> the team in home runs. That's damn. That's tragedy. Yeah, but you know what? Job security. We got him locked up for the next couple years. Let's go. I mean, yeah, his yeah, track record. He'll probably be fine. He'll figure it out. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, you guys got anything else you wanted to add to your Red Sox depression? Uh, I just I'm looking forward to when the the Rays inevitably fail to get it done at the highest level. Uh, fuck them. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they did lose against us last year in the wild card. So what's coming? You know, one team will win this, and one team will lose this, and one either three of us will be happy, or one of you will be happy. Uh, and I hope it's the three because I am one of them. <laughs> I'd also like to add that uh, Alec Manoa is fatter than me, but yet somehow is a professional athlete. So there you go, and he's an all star. There, yeah. <laughs> so you you have hope, Hogdale. You have hope. I do. I do have hope. I'm I'm rooting for you. All right. All right. Where can the guys find you? And tell them how long you've been doing Pesky Report as well. I mean, um, you can find us just at Pesky Report on Twitter. And fuck, I mean, I've been on the podcast for two years now, like two and a half years now, and I think the podcast has been going on for about three. So I'll yeah. I think I started a little bit after you. I think it's been about two years for me as well. Um, yeah, I've been yeah. around. I've been around the podcast for about a year now, but I've dealt with this Red Sox depression for about twenty-two years, which is weird considering all the World <laughs> Series in between that period of time. I don't think he feels bad for you somehow. If Mari wants to snatch you through the fucking screen and beat the shit out of you for saying that, like Red Sox depression, like yeah, Just oh dude, the four championships. Oh, dude, it's so right. hard for us. 
<laughs> yeah, I have to relive 2007 every day. Every time I see that uniform. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, get off my podcast. All right, for Ed, Tim, and Hogdale, <laughs> this has been uh, guest appearance by Pesky Report. Thank you guys for coming on. It's been another sure episode of. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Anytime. Uh, yeah, been another episode of Believe in Guardians. Uh, unfortunately, Pesky Report believes that they lose two out of three in Cleveland. So go Cleveland. We'll see you next week.